0: Black music provided a language of rebellion that we didn't have in our own culture, because rebellion and risk taking is kind of looked down upon in
1: mm-hmm.
0: Asian cultures as like a repercussion of like colonialism and not having anything and having it taken away. So you don't want to take risk. but uh, I think we have a long way to go.
1: Microphone check, one, two, what is this? It's the five foot seven assassin in the podcast business. I am your host, Rohan Patra, the Rap Music Plug at your service. Here
2: we are again stuck, stuck, stuck,
1: stuck. Few things have been more important to me in my life than hip-hop music. Growing up, I really lacked identity and a sense of community. So As I continued to listen to more and more hip-hop music in my teens and early 20s, it quickly became a key vessel for me to learn about the world, but also connect with a culture and an ethos that I resonated with and begin to feel like I belong to something or I fit somewhere. But it wasn't all the way perfect early on because... As an Indian guy, it was rare that I ever saw someone who looked like me contributing to this art form. But that all changed once I heard the music of Heems, known for his work in Das Racist, Sweatshop Boys, and as a solo artist, who injected his Indian roots into his brand of witty, thoughtful hip-hop, hailing from Queens, New York. And he was really, invariably, the one that helped me see that there was indeed a space for people like me in hip-hop after all. So I'm pleased to welcome the man, Heems himself, as well as Chicago-based producer Lapgun to the show, who produced the wonderful instrumental album History from last year, as well as the new collaborative album with Heems, LaFunder. In today's episode, we talk about incorporating Indian culture into hip-hop, Heems's new venture Vina, and the making of this incredibly creative new album. This was a really special one. I hope you enjoy it. The Rap Music Plug podcast presented by QLC TV is the remedy to the I don't have anything good to listen to problem. Through in-depth artist interviews, album reviews, and general rap commentary on the best that the underground rap scene has to offer, this is your one-stop shop to knowing what to add to your queue, play next, or pop into your record player. Welcome to the show. Eames, how are you doing today?
0: No, oh, I'm doing pretty well. Having a good productive day. Um Just uh, dropped off a bunch of vinyl and, you know, getting ready for this album. that's coming out on Friday and, um, you know, more releases and a lot of videos right now. So I'm excited. This is like a lot of the stuff that I really enjoy is the whole kind of creative direction of the album. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, recording it kind of comes easy to me, but the kind of world you build around the music is... You know what I get excited
1: about? Yeah, I'm very excited to see how you all put this together. I saw like recent Instagram Instagram posts. You got the you got the nice whips out for one of the videos. But the, the says, Bentley, you know, yeah, was, The Sikh brother brought the Bentley out. He had his <laughs> knif- he had his like Sikh knife on his hip. he was awesome. That's amazing, man. I'm just saying, really happy to have you on the show. I mean, I've said it a- several times on this show. Like you're a big inspiration for really my experience with hip hop and I'm sure a lot of other kind of Indian folks out there, Daisy folks out there. And uh, yeah, I kind of want to just start with this. So, you know, one of your core themes in your music is this idea of identity and your Indian culture. And, you know, growing up in Queens, that's obviously one of the most diverse cities on really in the entire planet. I'm just curious to know, like, how were your early days ingratiating yourself into the hip hop community? Did you feel immediately welcome? Or if not, how did that eventually change over time?
2: Mm,
0: I mean, I guess I alluded to this a little bit, like as a professional rapper, like often I felt like I didn't really feel like an outsider, but I felt like people kind of like put an outsider tag on me. Like this is funny stuff, this is like hipster stuff, this is Indian stuff, you know? I mean, I think over time I've just done a job of like being, I think by now it should be pretty clear. Like I was also curious, like, yeah, I could rap and people fuck with me and, you know, um, I'm good at this. So that feels good. But, um, you know, there weren't a lot of like Indian kids rapping when I was growing up, but there were always like two or three in the neighborhood in Queens and, um, you know, when you would spit, they'd always be like, Oh, you know, Sanjay from Bronx Science, and I'd be like, man. And um, so I don't know, like, I never really felt weird about rapping, because like, I was always around a lot of different minorities and basketball and rap were pretty much like a part of my life. And, you know, the first um, like street team stickers I saw in the park around here were Nas. And so mm. it's kind uh crazy to like now be signed to Nas's label and like pretty full circle. Like I think um it was written it was like one of the first tapes I bought. So I don't know. Like I always kinda do what I do, but I think I let the talent and like you know, I'm a huge Donnell Jones fan, you know, obviously I should be allowed to, you know, make music that just like
2: Ali and Gonzalez all grown up, grown up up to the party with blood on his shirt, but he don't care, he don't care. He just there, while to some shit. blur. Nelly right there, Daddy Yankee on the speakers, trying to find the right girl to so take her back to the crib and get dizzy, dizzy, drunk, drink too much, get dizzy. Yeah.
1: I feel like you're touching on something I find really interesting because, like, where you're from, where you grew up, and your communities, like, that kind of does make sense. It's kind of what I've heard from other, you know, just other people in New York. Like, it's just such a different environment when you're in such a hip hop community. That's just, you know, it's a lot of people are rapping in your community, I'm sure, but also um just being in a place that's already very diverse like that whereas i feel like a lot of what you you touched on at the beginning is like you feel like maybe other people looked at you like outside of your actual community of day-to-day may have looked at you and put these labels on you initially and i think that speaks to the experience i feel like of a lot of a a lot of listeners that are outside of new york and are potentially Daisy, maybe not and that are just living and experiencing your music from an outsider perspective, because I've shared this remark before, um, I actually did a whole like bonus episode about it, which is that I feel like your music in particular and folks like you that have really made a mark in hip hop as uh, someone from the Desi community actually showed me the importance of representation. Because honestly, prior to that, I wasn't really one of those people that understood the importance. I kind of just thought, like, what is, what is this really gonna do if there's like some movie that has, you know, certain races or certain gender or, or sexual identities? And like, what is that really gonna do for people? I kind of felt like it was overblown. And I think I I really came to learn something differently because through my experience, um, something I mentioned before we hit hit record here is that I grew up in a very white community in Ottawa. And so I already felt a bit divorced from my own community as like an Indian person. But then on top of that, I was growing and really falling in love with hip hop. But I almost felt weirdly, almost more alienated as I got closer to hip hop because I'm like, man, like I don't feel like I'm a part of this. I feel like I, sh- I don't belong. And then just seeing you not only fucking rap well, but just show off to people like this is what Indian culture could be in north america it's not like big bang theory you know and i just think it was really important to me
0: you know like i didn't a couple of things there like to unpack like for one i totally thought visibility was very important and so you see people who are indian doing things that aren't stereotypical like getting the girl or smoking weed and harold and kumar or you know um just uh, all these south asians that have come Mm -hmm. up now and are out there you know riz who's vocal about stuff. That's really, you know, visibility is one thing, but being vocal about your causes is another thing. And then, you know, what are you doing? Are you giving back? Like visibility is the first step, but certain people stop there. And, you know, visibility here is often like high caste Hindus. And, you know, I think it's important to be appreciative of like the people going through those doors and, opening them, but you know what are the choices like you're trying to make like are you afraid to air dirty laundry like is the desi image you present like ceos and doctors or is it like Mm -hmm. for drivers and the truckers and you know i'm still my engineer you know makes beats and then drives uber uh he's a punjabi guy you know and i guess like for me i grew up around haitians Chinese kids, Latinos, Puerto Ricans, Dominicans, Indians, and you know the '90s. I'm I'm kind of old. Like the '90s were that time, and I think for us, like, black music provided a language of rebellion that we didn't have in our own culture because rebellion and risk taking is kind of looked down upon Mm in. Asian cultures as like a repercussion of like colonialism and not having anything and having it taken away so you don't want to take risk but um you know I uh I think we have a long way to go and like are you making this for like who's the audience is always the question like are you making shit as a South Asian for your audience like how you know what do they let you do how much do they want it to be like, I don't say whitewash, I say color wash. Like, they want it to look Bollywood. And, you know, music is one thing I do, but, you know, the film I'm working on is more about, like, the failure of arranged marriage and, you know, drug addiction in the South Asian community and, you know, communalism and, you know, Pakistani and Hindu love and, you know, kind of a xenophobia. And, like, those are the kinds of things that I want to, explore and like, you know, I'm friends with a lot of South Asians that are a lot more famous than me. And it doesn't bother me because I know like my lane is doing like weird, subversive kind of. Like me, like, you know, I'm not trying to be like Hollywood. I want to make weird shit about heroin. You know, I think America Is still creating like south asian content that is just kind of
1: to me like a little kind of corny yeah i mean like to be honest like a lot of our representation prior in like north america is just like either you're this like weird sexless nerd or you're one of three different tropes and they just kind of play that and it's always it's not represented in a real way where it's celebrated it's like oh these are hard working people it's just like a a punchline, and i think what you're describing here is so important it's just like i always get from your music this sense of realism and authenticity that isn't kind of hiding flaws but it's not and it's also not failing to celebrate you know a lot of the great things that we can celebrate in the culture yeah i mean you know one thing about me is that like i can't really like,
0: the honesty and vulnerability is, like, right there, and it's just, uh, a lot of my music is, like, subconscious, and so, you know, like, I just think it's a good opportunity, you know, I um, was a part of the sitcom in 2017 about my life, and you know, we developed it for a network, and, you know, even that was kind of, like, sitcom-y, and, you know, I hope to get to make other shit, but yeah, I mean, I can't help but be honest and vulnerable and i'm not very like uh how do
1: i say like strategic in a in a like i just am me and i can't help it you know Mm -hmm. and and you know given all of that you've done so far and what you hope to do in the future you're talking about all these future ventures what is the legacy and or like impact you really hope when it's all said and done you've created with your career and your art yeah it's like a really good question i mean I
0: now, after not making music for five years, like these kids call me OG and Goat, And, you know, it's like a really polite way of uh, saying I'm old, but also I've made an impact. And it's interesting for me because I think when I started music in like 2010 with Das racist, there were very few South Asians at the shows. And then when I did hemes, it, it became like more integrated. And I I talk more about like 911 and Indian experiences. And then Sweatshop Boys just went straight South Asian, like all the way. And so, you know, I think the audiences are all like, there's a bigger South Asian audience now, that are into like culture and equality and art and, you know, music and um, just kind of a wider taste than what I was like familiar with in the 90s. So.
1: And when I think about it, you know, as you talked about when you first started, like, was there a like, were you when you were maybe 2012, 2013, when things were really like hitting it off and you were getting a lot of your first taste of like real fame with Das Racist um, as you are transitioning to Heems, like during this time, because you were a pretty young person at the time, like were you aware of kind of the influence you were having or was it kind of just like you were doing your own thing and really focused on the day-to-day?
0: I was talking to a friend about this who like shows at Paris fashion week, a designer. And I was just like, I mean, he was like exhausted, but I'm like, you know, you, you definitely like want to be grateful and like appreciate it. Cause so many people like want to do it and you get to, but it's also like, very tiring and i think you don't want to walk around being like oh shit like you know i'm the man or clout or you know my to this day when i make a verse and i come out of the studio and it's really good i'm just like oh shit i could do that like i could do that that's me you know and so certain things you get proud of like for me like new things i'm proud of like i never was around in the playlist era so to get on pollen recently and to get on antipop that was dope you know we were on hot 97 we've done that before so that was dope but you know like i've done this a while so it's really interesting to think about like what things still excite you um the music videos i'm making are exciting um the cover art like that's the thing i'm like really it's the world around the music like the music comes naturally to me and I don't think about it and I kind of just tap into like I write quickly and whatever's in here comes out but the cover art the videos the you know like the like even building this Vena brand you know it's it's like you put an album out it's just an album sure performance but for me like I wanted to take all like you asked about a legacy like I want a legacy of being like, a person who can pick whatever bits of culture off the shelf of like the grocery store and do something with them and make something of them. So like, if you look at Veena, it makes no sense. But music brings me joy, fashion, you know, brings me joy, you know, and like Ayurveda health, you know, I have a serious yoga practice and have gotten a lot healthier and want to share, you know, a lot of the things that have helped me plus like if white people are making mad money off of like turmeric and ashwagandha i
1: want in on that you know as you fucking should man yeah i mean you're just describing really like i just feel like i'm speaking to unsurprisingly just a true artist like you're taking all the things you love and channeling it in the the way that you were given the talents to do which is just to rap, not only rap your creative work and in, in film and And even just like the way you carry your business out right now with Vina, like it's just really exciting. I mean, I'm like most excited about publishing,
0: like, you know, and I'm really blessed to have great relationships with like peers that I respect a lot, like Kaveh or Sarah, or, you know, um, Mayuk Sen. And so to get these writers to be a part of what I'm building is so, and we pay them, you know, there's other publications that like don't pay writers. Like we wanna pay them. We don't care about advertisements. We want you to write what you want to write. You know, we have an editor and that's one part of the world. Then there's the products, you know, health, music, fashion. We hope to get to like real menswear and have a designer. Um, We're doing scarves this year, um, shawls, you know, not just t-shirts, like any merch or streetwear, you know? And um, yeah, like with the vinyls, that's racist shit is moving, then LaFander, uh will be out on vinyl history, the first Vina artist Lapgan who produced it. That'll be on vinyl. Uh Cool Compete. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with his work. Oh, word. I am.
1: Yeah, you're so, seeing him on this shit was
0: what the fuck? He's on Vina and Lefender, and I got him on the joint with Lee Scott. And um I helped him get lost, uh reissued. So that's gonna come out. And I'll have some of those on my shop. And um yeah, then you know, eventually I want to get into doing reissues from India, like after
1: my music is done. That's sweet. And you know, so like let's get into Vena a bit. Um, so this officially launched very recently. And for those listening, this is a lifestyle brand magazine that you've started. And I found it really fascinating when I pursued peruse the the our story section on your yeah. website. Um, because you detail what really led to the creation of Vina and how really you were in a period of time that was unfortunately dealing with a lot of immense grief and loss and positively how that kind of really turned into a period of, of great healing and growth through the support of your mother and just particular practices and products that helped you through it. So describe to me like how leaning into your your roots, embracing your culture and spirituality to an even larger degree than you ever have really ultimately helped you learn something and contributed to this uh, recent transformation period for you?
0: And like, you know, I've always been this kid since I was like, very young that had a sense of like pride in being Indian and, you know, um, you know, even like going to SOAS in the UK and studying like, you know, South Asian studies and film and economic development and Mughal history, you know, that stuff is kind of always been there. Um, As far as Vina goes, man, what it really is, is a way for me to combine all the things I like into one kind of like one kind of project, and to do more than music. And, you know, like, I don't want to get too much into like my personal story. But you know, I could say, I feel comfortable with you to say, you know, issues around uh, mental health, for sure, like uh, CPTSD, PTSD, severe Uh, depression general anxiety like body dysmorphia and so a lot of that you know my PTSD from 9 11 really started being an issue in in my mid-30s like when I hear loud noises or you know um smell like fire or sulfur or um I'm around like big crowds you know my story of being down there in and um so yeah, and chemical dependency, obviously. Like, I don't talk about it a lot. I, I don't wanna be just kind of reduced to my issues. Yeah, absolutely. Chemical yeah. Dependency. But I could say, you know, after Sweatshot Boys, I was really happy to work on Spotify India and like give other South Asian artists a platform and be, all this shit is about in those places is having a guy in the building. And, you know, when I left, a lot of people were like, fuck, like now, our guy in the building is gone. Mm. And, um, that was great. Audio Mac, I launched Punjabi. I was going to launch Mina. I became the head of UK and Canada using Diaspora, using Jamaican, like uh, Nigerian music in the UK, Punjabi music in Canada. And, um, you know, then I, I just kind of missed it and like wanted to see if I could still do it. And yeah, like reconnecting with my mom after my dad died. And, you know, there's that emotional angle of it, the warmth and the nostalgia of like your mom or your dad. And, you know, even in my favorite movie, Piazza, that has the song of uh, it's, it's, it's just, you know, when you think about this, like nice thing, like your hair is so soft, you used to get made fun of it while you putting gas in your hair and you know I, i'm i'm like really proud of indian hair and uh, you know putting it on your skin putting it in a bath you know now like mouth pulling i think that was some indian shit that white people do now um that is definitely the truth like i made a brilliant Carolyn curry um with my coconut oil and um you know i just think it's one of those things like yes ashwagandha yes turmeric but this thing so many uses i mean you know, I say one for your bedroom, one for your kitchen, one for your bathroom. That's like what, what Vina is. I'm interested in writing. I'm interested in design. I'm interested in fashion. I'm interested in music. I'm interested in health and India and import export and commerce. You know, I'm not gonna lie. I'm I'm a, I'm a commerce oriented person. So it was a pretty ambitious project, and you know, two albums. But you know we're rooting the whole Vena thing outside the album, so hopefully come for the music and then you know realize there's something interesting going on here.
1: Yeah, and uh, before we bring on actually your person aforementioned Lapgun here from Vena, what what were some lessons like just throughout your your career, Greedhead, you know past experience with labels that you were able to apply and kind of think, okay, I know what happened that was good or bad that time, and I know what to do for Vena.
0: That shit always sucks, man. Like, any part of it, like, of getting, like, a deal. But if you put your shit out quietly, it could be anticlimactic. And, you know, Greedhead, I had my own shit for Das Racist Relax. pre Thug. I signed to a label, and they really fucked me mm. by taking back the Das Racist advance through just me. So the money before we broke up that me and Vic got, they, they recouped that from just me. And, like... That shit fucked me up, made me not mm-hmm. want to. And then Riz came along and, you know, I thought could be fun to do. Rodinho super talented me and Riz are good friends. And, you know, I thought I hadn't made music in a little bit. Like between Sweatshop Boys and DR, I toured Thailand, Vietnam, Nepal, Malaysia, Korea, Japan, Macau, China, Hong Kong, and just went around. And then um, yeah, sweatshop boys, we did Coachella and other stuff. But here I'm kind of just like coming back. Can I still do it? I had some time. I signed Gorov and was like, okay, this is like Nehru Jackets, but more like me than you know, Mike Finito and Def Jux and LP and you know shit with Gorov was so smooth. And then yeah, Vina is a much more ambitious project. Like I'm I'm singing. Mm-hmm. I'm singing psychedelic rock. I'm singing indie rock. Um, I got Panda Bear on there, Mr. Cheeks from the Lost Boys. Naps. Wow. Uh, Cool Compete again. You know, I got a drill song with the Jamaican artist and a Punjabi artist that we just shot the video for. Um, I got a jazz rap song about partition and generational trauma. I got like some kind of funny pop shit like that's racist. And um, yeah, I'm still Getting a whole lot of interesting people on it right now, like, you
1: no, know, that's very exciting, man. Very love exciting.
0: A&R this shit. I love A&R and the shit. I love getting, like, ask. Like, I used to hate asking people. That's why I didn't want to make music. Like, I don't want to ask you nothing. I want your beat. I don't want you to. And now I'm like, fuck it, like, community.
1: I mean, that's what you brought with this new album. Like, at least the one that we're talking about in just now. So I'll show you this too. We got. Basically, we got Ames. Ooh.
0: We got Sufi Lao. Loved making that art. You got the new ones. Shut up, dude. Mixtape. Sit down, man. Mixtape. Relax. We might bundle these for the holiday. And uh, nice. these special maybe lyrics or something. And then LaFander. Then Vino then Nehru jackets um maybe a limited unreleased remix and compilation that's racist tape um
1: and then hopefully reissues that's fire man i need that Nehru jackets i know you you mentioned this like maybe over a year ago on twitter one time and i'm like okay yeah
0: it's a bit two new albums like i gotta focus on that and um neighbor jackets probably the art's gonna take a while it's a double lp the other thing is the sound quality was a little iffy on purpose but yeah but i think people do want that but you know i think i did 500 of the dr mixtapes i'll probably do like 250 of the neighbor jackets nice
1: nice what do you listen to uh hip-hop wise i feel like a lot of like the left field underground right now is catching my eye so people like what do you think of the features on LaFander? oh i thought they were so good it was so cool you like just the kind of where you tapped the talent from i was like very diverse you got like legends like cool keith i fucking obviously love and then fat boy sharif he's been on the show like at least three times i think or two three times yo he brought you know
0: he was the only one i was in the studio with and he brought out Like we, he wrote his shit on the train from Jersey. I wrote my shit on the train from Long Island and we came in and just, yeah, I don't know like what it was but that verse I laid down, I'm really proud of. It's, it's, it's a very intentional verse for me. Like uh, the way I kind of cadence my voice and stuff. Yeah, you know, so it was really fun. I just hit up like, like I don't even know blue that well he was like I got you you know Mikey rocks I don't know him that well he was like I got you um Chris I know open Mike Eagle I know a little bit um Sonny Jim's family Abby's the homie uh Lee Scott's the homie Drew Drew you've already collabed with before Drew and me got a good thing going you know me and Drew were talking about being the new Das racist um <laughs> And, you know, Sid Ram and me made music like 10 years ago. So seeing him blow up has been amazing. And um, yeah, I mean, Cool Compete, again, we became pretty close. He actually designed the t-shirts for Vina with me. He used to work at like Supreme in polo. It's fun. It's family, like hearing Cool Keith call me the American dream, but hearing on Vina, Mr. Cheeks from the Lost Boys like,
1: talk about like Ames, like it's crazy it's crazy no, it's That really- is insane. and you can really hear that, like I love like you said, you end that song, Who Cool Keith like I made a song with Cool Keith, something along those lines it was just like, I don't know, I could feel the gratitude from you, and that's like really, that's really sweet to see in my opinion yeah, I think me and
0: Yorma from Lonely Island or Planet the the Andy Sandberg rap group. A lonely, it's a lonely island. It's lonely island. Yeah, so me and Yorma and uh, Cool Keith got a song together. I don't know when he's going to drop that. That's
1: crazy. But yeah, that Yo Mama shit, like, it really felt like you were, like, giving, like, a final closing, like, just, like, I'm here, I'm him type moment. I don't know. That was a very impassioned verse, I felt. Like, definitely one of the strongest. Yeah, I like that I need the dough shit. Again, like, sometimes I,
0: I feel like... I mean, he calls me OG, too, like Fatboy Sharif when I met him. Um, so I got surprised. I was like, people really fuck with me like that, damn. And it's not something I walk around thinking about, you know? Mm-hmm. I'd be a dick if I did, you know?
1: me now we got lap producer for the upcoming album that many of you will be hearing very shortly la Funder, as well as the first vena release history Lapgun, hop so happy to have you on man thanks for coming best thanks. new producer in the game <laughs> yeah yeah i um, coast on that heavy
0: i believe it bro i'm like a big fan and now it's like mutual when we first started talking Gorov was like a fan of mine and then working with him like the friendship is there like the i don't need to tell him what to do he's listening to my shit he gets it and um it's been really like a easy peasy
1: like project and a good one yeah, yeah
3: it's really flowed very very smoothly
1: yeah so before we get into this new record i want to just kind of retrace your steps here back to history in last year just a fantastic instrumental album that i mean it just pulls on so many influences that I love. And just first starting with history, like what was your main inspiration when it came to like the type of sounds you wanted to put together on this album?
3: Yeah. So I think with history, I wanted to kind of move a, a, a bit away from just Bollywood and Lollywood and kind of get into more, you know, explore different sounds, different regions, um, different genres uh, within South Asian music. And because the whole idea for that one was like, I wanted it to be like a concept B tape where it was like, almost like each track was like a chapter in like a history book or something like that, you know, it was like, so basically it was like a progression. So, you know, I was trying to find some like music from Rajasthan, some music from South India, like just, uh, it was, it was, I think initially I was trying to like be very ambitious and go everywhere. But I think in terms of like the sampling material that was available, I kind of basically tried my best to get what I could. So yeah, I think that was like the guiding force of what I was trying to do.
1: Yeah, I think it was really cool because there there are some moments that like I think actually it was maybe a uh, I think it was maybe like a Cabbage's Cabbage's podcast shout out to them uh right up for this record where they kind of mentioned like some moments that literally feel like they're like G-Funk spin-offs. Like and that's just not something that people I think associate with kind of the Indian region when it comes to even sampling. So I just feel like the variety of grooves and yeah, everything
0: was crazy. Chicago, though, like he's from Chicago, you know, like I don't. You know, I think um like the G function is actually really interesting because a lot of like the early Punjabi music from like Canada was really influenced with like piano beats and like, you know, West Coast production. But mm-hmm. uh, I think what's really interesting to think about is not like indian music and g funk but you know i guess for a guy from chicago to be influenced by like california or like other places because i think like with Gaurav, you hear the the diversity of sample collection right and you haven't really had like indian crate digging shit since you know dan the automator Bombi the hard way you know beat conductor beat conductor yeah So I think it's that same diversity of like regionality, like, yes, film is there, but what about Carnatic? What about, you know, like other forms? What about religious? What about Pakistani? What about Lollywood? Um, What about Kuali? And I think similarly, like as Americans, like, you know, you're from Chicago, there's drill, LA there's, you know, G-Funk, New York there's, you know, everything. So it's really like mixing, together influences like in a lot of different places and trying to make them sound coherent, which I think is done well.
1: Yeah, 100%. And you know, like I've just genuinely, generally had this belief for several years right now that I just feel like Indian music is one of the most, uh, lucrative untapped resources when it comes to specifically sampling in hip hop. Like I just feel like from the vocals, that feel like almost fake for how fucking perfect they are and buttery smooth, the sitars, the, the percussion, especially like we have such a crazy diversity and like crunchy, um, different kind of drums being played. Like there's so much you can use. And I feel like you've used a lot of that to really great results. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Like, do you feel like more producers, uh, should be kind of working with more sampling in, uh, from that region? I mean, I'll let
0: Gaurav talk, but I know that like there are issues where Indians are a bit less like more risk averse and so they don't want to like get sued for taking samples and like Saragama and T series in India are very like particular about being sampled and aggressive, mm-hmm. taking down copyright stuff. But you know, I like I I'll get over this real quick. But when you look at sampling of Indian music in hip hop. And when you look at like hip hop in India, it's very much been a two way, you know, street. Um, So of course there's Truth Hurts, you know, Eric Sermon and Redman react. You know, there's uh, uh, Jay and Kanye, The Bounce. You know, Britney Spears had a Bollywood sample. Um, You know, there's a lot of examples of this. The Game uh, put you on the game. Uh, Mob Deep and Young Buck give it to me. You know, obviously M.I.A um mm-hmm. there was a himalayan's uh, used some stuff the, i mean yeah that was like actually turkish mostly oh but indian flute and then you know there was other stuff like um Dum mara in and uh a Method man song and um so there is this kind of interplay then you know even if you listen to like rakim and paid in full with eric b it's kind of like arabic and so you know i think in crate digging you know, we'll only get so much out of soul, and then you kind of go further. And so for us to see that, like we felt a part of the conversation if people were ever like, oh, you Indian, why are you listening to rap? And you're like, are you listening to this fucking Eric Sermon shit? You know, like Jay-Z on Punjabi MC. Um, and then, you know, in India, it became like Baba Sagal and ARM on with Blaze and Bohemia and, you know, I think Couple other important things happened. Charanjeet Singh brought the eight oh eight and three oh three to India. Um, you know, like that <laughs> that kid in Rangila that was like, Do the penis attention. tension. That was a good rhyme. Um tension, tension, tension. What yeah. else? And then you have like South Asian rappers popping up that get respect, like Nav or you know, I think Apache Indian really opened the door. Um Bali sagu opened the door. Um Jabi MC open the door. And then I think you get this yo-yo honey sing explosion. And then like the reaction is the nazy and divine. And then like an explosion of hip hop. Like and and it makes sense because it's a voice of rebellion. And like it's a it like my music is protest music. And you know, I think it's not like the Indian kids that are educated in London and here and there. it's it, like the it's great to see like actual kids in working middle-class backgrounds, rhyming, doing cyphers, you know, like really into like the roots of hip hop. For me, I'm like, when do you subvert it? So like that kid Gauntlet, have you heard that? No. Yeah. Uh, it's just a little kid that curses a lot, but you know, I'm looking forward to Indian rap getting weirder, you know?
3: Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I think people should do whatever they, you know, they wanna do, whatever they feel, whatever moves them, you know, I think In terms of like untapped yeah I mean it's it's crazy how prolific some of these music producers are. Um, It's like these guys made like 1000 albums I don't know how many albums these people did but there's like there's so much out there and India is a huge country and Pakistan too and. There's like different regions there's like multiple film industries within both countries so I don't know there's tons of stuff, not to mention the classical stuff and all the other stuff so yeah there's a ton and then. I think like when I was talking to Hima initially, it was like, he mentioned something that I was like, all right, that made sense. I was, he was talking about like how like sometimes you'll hear like an old Indian song or vocal or phrase that's like, you've never heard before, but like it feels like nostalgic and familiar and like feels like it hits you in the soul and the feels like, I think that was like the big thing when I started listening to some older Indian stuff that was like very moving to me and and kind of drew me even deeper. And like, I'm still, these days I'm sampling a whole bunch of stuff, but it's like, I'm still hell excited by like any South Asian stuff that I can find new South Asian stuff that I fi- am can find. So yeah, I'd say go into it, keep digging deeper, see what moves you. And
0: I also think like there's a remix culture in India of like music, but not like a sampling culture that much. And
3: mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. edits and all that. Yeah. When
0: I did Nehru jackets, we very much like were sampling digital stuff. But I think the, you know, I look at, like Gorov kind of alluded to with history you know that's like a soundtrack for a class he was never offered i got those classes like i went to wesley and i went to soas i studied all this shit but he really compiled like what i think is a thesis on sound and like modernity and art like the ethnomusicology and, you know anthropology and like the the real crate digging the You know in art it would be like found you know like so it's it's inspired me actually to look back at some of the things like i have which goro doesn't even know about it's really fun to rip them from like real vinyl is what i'm saying
1: yeah 100 and you know yeah i'll just kind of cap off that talk about history just to say that i feel like i it kind of gave me good music good music like that really inspires me to kind of do my own digging And all that told me was like damn i'm not i i can't lie and say i'm up to speed on the hip-hop community in india like i should be but just all of this other source material that you were you're like using i'm just like man i'm i'm so behind but that's an exciting feeling so i'm just like there's so much music i can listen to and that's as someone who loves music that's like kind of my point of living i feel (laughs) yeah yeah so let's get into this new album now i i really want to get into it so it's titled the funder and for, for context for the listener, this is a Hindi word, and there's not a direct English translation necessarily, but basically kind of words like carefree, free-spirited um, are kind of ways to describe this, and even sometimes involved in mischief would be someone. It's a little and,
0: more negative than that, but not like angrily negative. It's like a wanderer, like a loafer, a loomer, like a, you know, I like the idea of a flanor, like a... Mm-hmm. Um, A Vagabond. And, uh, you know, I think that could be interesting in the context of like art, you know,
1: personally. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like this was a really nice descriptor for this particular album, because there's a real nice eclecticism and and just kind of, I think, just like I'm following what I want to do in this given track. And yet it still is definitely cohesive. Don't get me wrong. And then I think the other part that's just really fitting about is that I just feel like this album is just could not have been made by two other people than the two people that came together and made this from the lyrical references to the musical source material and all the sounds that you put together. So really just starting with this, like what is the the kind of listening experience or feeling you wanted to evoke within people with, with this new album?
0: Borov, I think you said the tone and then I kind of react.
3: Yeah, I think, I mean, it kind of was just I think the way that this came about it was kind of very just I think we almost called like loose emotions at one point or something like that but it was like very just oh, like I
0: always had the name loose not loose motions loose emotions
3: um, <laughs> that's what I said loose emotions
0: you know I was into the concept of like gala tikka and no nuzer and like you know kind of like a flex but also like you know Indian culture but then I thought like I'm not like a flexy guy like Lefander. I think Lefander is the British interpretation of Lafunga. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I'll say like one more time, this this idea of like a flanor from like French poetry is a uh, very similar and it's somebody that kind of travels and you know takes things in and is intellectual and is like almost a student. But you know, somebody in actually Delhi called me that and I was like, the fuck does that mean? Um, a flâneur is a French noun referring to a person, uh, literally a stroller, a lounger, a saunterer, or loafer, but with some nuanced additional meanings. Uh, Flannery is the act of strolling uh, with all of its accompanying associations. Yeah. So, like, I was kind of interested in, in the visuals, like, kind of, will show that. But yeah, a wanderer, like, wandering through music, through India, through. New York through
3: London and through sound, and you know, um, I think it fits. I mean, we kind of like wandered our way through this album. I it started as like, I think he asked for some like history B sides that I had, and so started with that. And then I think we kind of like flirted with the idea of it being like almost like a sequel to Narrow Jackets because I like I was definitely I'm very influenced by Narrow Jackets and in, in, in a lot of ways coming up, so it's almost like Narrow Jackets too. So I was like making pulling out stuff from the vault, making like new stuff with Indian samples. And then after that, I think like we had a bunch of tracks and then we kind of just veered off a little bit. I think we started, once Hema started getting other people to hop on the the record, we started kind of building, I started making different different types of beats to like, you know, fit some of the new people he was trying to get on there. So it kind of just flowed, you know, wander we kind of just wandered our way through the year and i kind of i mean
0: helped. i think one thing that happened is like the yellow chakras beat i wanted like eight people on and um <laughs> the only two people i'm not gonna blow up spots the only two people too busy to get down three wiki mayhem and yoshi t but they were mad busy but everyone else was like down and we took that song with like eight verses on yellow chakras and we were like yo let's split this up and have like four songs and change the beats check with the guys you know they want to redo their verse to make it fit more okay nice um and then we went back and like you know I think I said this earlier but I don't know if it was this interview but like you know it was really nice like they're not all people I know well but they know me and they know spiritually like we're a part of the same kind of thing and so it just felt really nice like to be validated by like my peers and not made to be like something else. And I think Gorov. everyone's like, who produces, who produces, you know? Mm -hmm. And in many ways, like he's our signee. I want him, he's like one of my favorite artists. And so doing the album with him makes sense. And then Vina's almost like the third part of like this trilogy. But Gorov's not on that. It's a different producer.
1: Interesting. So yeah, I mean, I I think that's what I kind of get from this album. It just feels like a celebration of a few things. It's a, it's not really a celebration of one thing, like of just culture or like even themes, like your success in the the rap game, I feel like is a part that I think of just in the sense of being able to enlist such heavyweight artists that not only decided to work with you, but gave you such a plus material, the respect that um, they showed to you as well as to, to gore of luck here with the, with the production. Like I just get a really fulfilled, I feel like there's just, I get this feeling of gratitude. I think I said that before of just gratitude and skill really. And uh, all put together a package that makes sense.
0: I said this about like Bourdain, but like after a while, like fame, money don't mean shit, like validation from your peers that like you respect. That is the ultimate Kind of gift in this thing and you know like I, i've said this before like the best part of making music is like sharing it with your friends that feedback from people you love and like before you give it away and it's not yours and then the people on reddit like talk their shit, when you're making it and you're just communicating almost effortlessly when your friends like it that's like that's music you know
3: it was fun i mean making this album was really fun it was like it was my first time producing you know for for vocalists really and doing it with hemes was like you know that's like a dream come true and so um yeah the whole process was just fun it was like every time we'd send a new beat me and sean uh who executive produced and he's my manager you know we'd just be like waiting ahead of a and r at vino yeah yeah yep. we'd just be like waiting waiting to see what he would come with and like he'd come back like 30 minutes an hour later with a verse and we're just like damn like that's amazing so it was like for us it was like every every new track was just like a new gift you know it was like a especially with the features too is like to hear what people were going to come back with and it was just yeah just like every like month or a couple weeks we get like we'll get a new track and be just how exciting that'd be like all we would listen to for like that week or or like that month And
0: for me that was conscious too like i wanted all these rappers on my favorite producer shit. And I want to hear people on Indian samples that like normally wouldn't fuck with it. I, I feel like it's a new kind of music and I'm curious, like how will Quelle do on it? How will, you know, Open Mic do on it? Like, um, and then again, like, so with cool Keith, and, you know, like the other kind of genres, the shit with fucking Sid Sreebron was just wild.
2: I eat and my man Lamborghini Make the money Houdini and some drip like a genie Yo, I was dusted, reading math textbooks Yo, my right hook, better than my left hook Yo, they ain't white hoods, they can't see my checkbook I'm in Red Hook, cooking fish, I'm the head cook You don't wanna take bunga, lusty Tunda I'm comfy in the tundra, or in the rotunda I'm somewhere humid, listening to sunra Yo, I bring the dunda, I make your ass nunga
1: yeah, I feel like sonically, I just feel like it's really refreshing and creatively well executed. And and something that I really was particularly impressed with was just the the different musical tones that were struck in the production. So you got like this more kind of mo- mournful, somber beat on accent. Then you got these like upbeat, colorful nah, but instrumentals. Then the drums, but then the drums on accent are like so
0: reminiscent of just like good underground drum programming, like remember LP, uh, that song Drum Pattern Awareness. It's just like mm-hmm. I love the sample is beautiful. The verse is, you know, I think it's fine. I made it solely mm-hmm. is amazing. But I really think the drums he like brings in there, bring it to another level, like with that sample, like the sample is soft, catchy, but the drums are like a little like very rappy. And so, you know, there's a lot of different sounds at play.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I actually, and that was the kind of the other thing I was going to mention is that there's also these beats that, you know, like, yeah, there's the upbeat, colorful instrumentals, like, I'm pretty cool, but there's also these beats like Going For Six, Baba Ganoush, that have just this crazy classic hip hop knock that deep bass lines, heavy grooves, the Yo Mama beat. Like when that, when the sample, the string sample comes on, I kind of thought it might've been a drumless song that I was going to hear which would have been great. I do love that sample, but those, that those drums are just so fucking huge. And, um, I just loved what you really put together here. So just describe to me, Lepka, like, what was the, the kind of musical palette palette you were aiming for to create for a rapper like Heems on, on this record?
3: Yeah, I think a few different things, you know, I think, I think part of it, a lot of it was just, I think like, because I didn't have experience producing for, for vocalists, it was like, because there's like a difference between, I think, making beats that are just meant to be heard on their own versus like beats that you're making for somebody to rap on or, or sing on. So yeah,
1: there's a certain element of space you need to kind of carve out for the, for the vocals. Yeah. Yeah. That's so it. I
3: think initially I was like just making just like stuff that I thought was cool. And then Hema would come and flow on it in some crazy ways. Like I'm pretty cool. And like, uh, What's the last one? Bukayo, Las Faso, like that one. Like, um, I
0: don't think I asked you to
3: change anything. No, 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 you didn't. So, like, I think until later on, midway through, I started thinking about, you know, creating some more space, um, kind of getting influenced by some of the people, you know, that I've really been digging lately. Like, I've been a big fan of like Conductor you and know? yeah, I think some of that type of stuff. And so, just trying to channel some different, different energies, and even on like Kalatika, like, that was like a different kind of like a, a different energy beat something that i'd never heard of him rap on before so and different from the stuff i usually make too so the um, other
0: like thing is that like i i wanted to make like a real rap rappy rap album like almost so i could for once and all like finish the conversation like can he rap is he this is he that like I maybe it's my insecurity but after that's racist and then you know sweatshop boys is global like uh, Pakistani Indian and you know I know people like Bangladesh a lot and people like you know but people hear Bangladesh and they're like who the fuck is that you know <laughs> um like I did on the radar the other day and the guy was like are you the manager or producer and I'm like I'm the rapper you know? <laughs> so with this album I kind of want to like get it out of the way. And most of Vina was done. And, you know, Vina, I'm doing like psychedelic rock and, you know, post-punk, but I'm doing like a song with a Tamil artist that is like pop. I'm doing a song with Mr. Cheeks, Cool Compete. I'm doing like a pop song. I'm doing a drill song with the Punjabi Jamaican artist. It's like a lot of the different genres that I listen to. And I felt like with LeFander, I got like the one for you out of the way. And then with Vina, like this is me now. Like one for you, one for me is the way a lot of artists think about
1: shit. Like, you know,
0: here, I could rap, leave me the fuck alone. I'm going to try this shit,
1: you know? That's good. That's going to be a good one two punch, I'm sure. Um, and man, I, I think you succeeded because that was one of my other main takeaways, other than the sound, was that you are like rapping as, as sharp as you've ever rapped. And you're also like, it's not like you're just all of a sudden losing what you we what you were known for. Like the hilarity, the the funny wit and charm is still there. Like on, on Kalatika, you have that like hilarious scheme where you mix up your V's and W's. Like yeah. it's, it's like, it's not, it's on two levels. One that's hard to pull off, but obviously like the Indian, uh, the reference to like Indian people speaking like that. It's just like so creative. Actually, like I'm born
0: here. I grew up in Queens. I code switch a lot, but the VW, it comes out. Like I'm Indian, Indian. Like I will, you know, I will wagon the shit out of this place,
1: you know? <laughs> so I kind of like, once I fucked that up, I, I like doubled down on it. And and you got like lines, like, I, I don't know. I don't think it was on this song. This might've been on like Yo Mama maybe, where you say, I roll around with two glizzies like I'm Slavoj Slavo Yeah, I don't even understand what that bar is, but I just felt, I laughed and I'm like, that's hard. I know who that dude is. I didn't get the I didn't get it, but I was like, that's hard. I love that.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna put you on real quick, all right? Um I'm gonna put you on. So Slavos, you know, Philosopher, Wilder. Um uh, I recommend checking out his uh you know YouTubes, but uh this happened a couple of months ago. Um so I wanna share this with you. And yeah, I guess on this like yeah. album I kinda went back to like hyper referential but i wasn't like trying to be funny you know um it's just kind of you get you get so many words to rap so you're gonna be like who you are you know like nobody gave biz Marquee or kanye shit for being funny you know mm-hmm. i'll be sure here i'll just do this so slavo zizek was uh filmed walking down the street uh eating two hot dogs double fisting
3: <laughs> i had to google this one too
0: you did yeah so like you actually had to google shit right
3: yeah i had to google a decent amount of shit for sure (laughs) i like
0: i like that like i like rap for that reason like decoding deconstructing and like absolutely rap genius for like fucking that shit up but
1: i want you to like five years later catch some shit and be like oh fuck you know yeah some of my favorite hip-hop has that element and it's uh it's just like, yeah, lines like that just give you little pieces of culture in uh really interesting ways.
0: Yeah, and you know another thing that's funny is like after doing Sweatshot Boys, I didn't necessarily want to do something that was so rooted in like Indian music, but it this like this kind of production felt like a lot closer to to me. And like I will say, being a lot healthier, taking time off. Like, you know, I was worried, like, you know, can I still do this? But yeah, you know, it's like riding a bike. And I really just like with Gorov, shit was easy, bro. You just send me shit. I do it. I'd send it back. He'd be happy. Like, oh, shit, you know, you got Quelly Chris on my music. And yeah, like he's not jaded yet. That's the illest part of working with somebody like that. I'm jaded, bro. We were on the radio. I'm like, I don't care. Y'all stay up. Y'all listen to it. You know, I'm I'm, I'm like. I'm like vicariously living through Gaurav, like enjoying these like kind of new things, you know?
1: That's awesome, man.
0: I mean, he's in music for a while. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying like with like, like a lot of interviews. I'll be like, I think you should talk to Gaurav. Like he shaped the whole shit. You don't need to hear from me again. So I just think like I always work with friends and you know, we hit it off as like friends just as we were making music. And when you do that, shit is like water.
1: Yeah, and you know, Hames, you got a line on this new album where, on Accent, where you say, how many likes will my hate crime receive off that really standout record? And, you know, throughout your career, you've made it always made it a point to leave space. You said it just now in this conversation that you view your music as protest music. How important is it for you on this album and just generally to kind of like represent your values and your culture in a particular light.
0: It's just those are like the nuances of me. Like I care about equality. I care about people. I I I'm a student of diaspora studies and Mughal miniature art. I grew up in Queens listening to like Capone and Noriega and, you know, I I like poetry and you know, so it wasn't it was just all these kind of different parts of me come together. And I think with rap, you get so many words that unless you're really trying to be someone else, like you're gonna you're gonna shine. You get three bars of I mean three verses of 16 bars. That's a lot of shit, you know?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And so the things you think about. And I and like again, not to belabor the point, but I write every verse in like 20 to 30 minutes, like with a gun to my head. And I look at it later and kind of think about it like abstract expressionist art i'm not like you know jay-z I, I don't write i'm i write but i really i don't know why there's i have a couple of theories but i just want to write quickly like this is this is just some shit i do and pretty nonchalant and then i look at it and sometimes i'm like oh shit, i said that like you know yeah like part of me needs a gun to my head to just like get it done with and, you know, I used to like try to record an album in two weeks. This time I just go in like once a week, do one, feel good. And um, yeah, I guess I talk about things on like accent and uh, you know, stupid, dumb, illiterate. I talk about the immigrant experience. I think, you know, a lot of clever little punchlines like, you know, goat biryani. So there's always the Indian references because like straight up, I live in Hicksfield Long Island, surrounded by Punjabi people. You know, I told you my engineers at Uber driver was Punjabi and you know I like that's part of my life so that's what's going to come up and I wasn't comfortable on that's racist doing like too much Indian references but when I started
1: doing my own shit I was like this is you know what I could do yeah and I think that shines through real nice okay so I want to give you guys a chance now to just talk about like upcoming work whether it be projects merch music other artistic creative ventures i think some of them have been kind of sprinkled in but just to kind of consolidate that conversation Luck when you want to start uh with yourself like what can people look out for let's say in the rest of the year
3: sure yeah i think aside from this album that's dropping this week i think we're doing a history vinyl deluxe edition so we'll uh that should be coming in this summer with some like only on vinyl bonus tracks and then we i nice. think we're gonna uh digital deluxe version with some remixes from some, some people that I admire. So that should be cool. Other than that, I'm, I just, I guess got a bunch of new vinyls. So I'm going to be working on, you know, a couple of new projects. I don't have a timeline specifically on them, but I think one of them is going to be another kind of beat tape type of thing. I don't know what the concept is going to be yet, but I've got a few tracks so far. And then other than that, I think I'm, I'm, Trying to get a little more experimental with it. I'm working on some electronic stuff and some.
0: Man, we can talk about it. Like me, me and him are going to make another album. It's like different.
3: Yeah, that too. Okay. That, I
0: mean, come on, man! You don't sound that excited, be.
3: I'm excited, man. I I'm definitely- <laughs> for May, we're gonna, we're gonna,
0: we're going Too busy mm-hmm. right now. That the artist development is going well.
1: No, never I mean, too busy. So is it is that coming out? Did you say it's coming out in May or is it you gonna start working on it in May?
3: We're, we're, we're going to start working on it. We haven't really got any tracks yet so far, so we'll... Uh, okay. I
1: was going to be like, damn, that's a lot. But, you know, that's exciting. That's exciting for sure. And um, uh, for you, Heems, you mentioned vena So that's going to be the next project, I imagine, music-wise, we'll be hearing from you.
0: Lay it down on you. So right now, I did a song about Palestine and, like, social media, like, social justice, like, posturing. Uh, on a tape called the Olive Tape, um, you could go to Bandcamp, the Olive Tape, uh, spend twelve twelve dollars, and you know goes to humanitarian aid. Um, so I'm really happy about that. And then on my own shit, you know, really happy um, with LaFender. Excited for people to hear it. I think beginning to end, you get you know enjoy it, and it's just like a you now, like I said, it's a grown up, polished, you know, kind of similar narrow Jacket type of thing. And um, then uh, I'll probably get a video off of that. We just shot the video this weekend for Rocky. That's like a drill song with Punjabi and Jamaican artists on it. Um going to shoot another video for a song about partition. And then, yeah, May 31st, Vina comes out with some just very different types of songs and like topic matter, like, you know, honesty, vulnerability, growing older, breakups. Mental health, like chemical dependency, and just like real topics that I probably like wasn't in a good place to like explore or process back then, and um, you know more videos, and then yeah, Vina the brand is really the world that all of this is in. So um, in May we'll have more t-shirts, we'll have Lefander on vinyl, um, we'll have another magazine issue around home, uh, and then turmeric, rock salt, jaggery. Uh, maybe scarves and then you know we hope to keep doing shit soap incense candles you know then V on vinyl and then yeah Nehru jackets on vinyl I want to do unreleased uh remixes and compilations that's racist on vinyl maybe some shit with Vijay Iyer and Rafiq and uh, if I could license it uh Casa and yeah and then after my shit I really want to reissue know some vinyl and another thing that we were kind of talking about like i had rock marciano on the das racist mixtape in 2010 and you know to see like him griselda you know like alchemist like that kind of world of you know rap kind of become popular again you know is is amazing and you know it's something i kind of came up listening to and then stopped and so I think it's kind of like a good time for music like what this is to to be out there again, and um, you know, then on the other one, I get to really explore, um, like I said, other shit that I'm into. You know, I came up listening to like Stone Roses and Television, and you know, uh, My mm-hmm. Bloody Valentine, and you know, those are things I want to explore.
1: Um, so it'll be exciting. You know, it's really really thankful for for seeing you both on the show um, huge fan of your music, obviously, but uh, just more than that. I just want to echo what I said at the beginning It's Like, I'm just really inspired by uh, what you're doing and uh, you know, for Heems, it's just really sweet seeing you come back to come back to music and come back so strong. And then with Lepgun, like seeing your talent level and get this experience for you. And you have so much more coming up. Like It's just really energizes me and it really, it honestly makes me want to just keep learning more about my own culture. Like, I feel like that's kind of the main thing I want to keep saying echoing. And that's like a special thing, honestly.
0: i come off like, you know, there's a lot more South Asian people making like I feel like they make content, you know, they'll make art like there's a lot more, you know, like influencers and less like artists. And, you know, there's a lot of artists and I'm glad that they're trying. But when you come across an artist that is like Gorov and is just like, fucking and raw and good and not gimmicky. And it doesn't sound like this is new to him. And he just has that ear. It's a really nice thing. Because I, like I worked at Spotify, I would listen to hundreds of diaspora South Asian artists. And, you know, I playlisted a lot of it because they're South Asian, but like, I'm gonna just keep it 100. I'm like, really excited to see where like lap gun goes because I think there's other genres. And I think there's stuff that we want to do that is really exciting. When you find someone new, but that you feel like you've known for that long, like where you don't need to tell them what to do, they just get it. It's a really nice experience, man. It's been really great working with you, Garv.
3: Likewise, i likewise. I'm excited to, to keep it going. See, we'll see what else we can come up with. But yeah, thank you, everyone. Um, big fan of the pod. Happy to be on here. You know, big fan of all your amazing guests you've been you've been bringing on so it's uh it's definitely an honor to be on here
0: yeah my bad for my like add um <laughs> what are your favorite songs top five
1: on the on the record i'm a fan uh i say the intro baba ganoush the
0: intro six three rounds
1: yeah yeah definitely I'd say the Baba Ganoush, because that's the one I remember At when I I messaged you specifically, being like, that beat is, like, fucking my life up in a good way. (laughs) I think the outro, when we were talking about that, that verse from you, Heems, is, like, really one of my favorites. Um, And then I'd say the one with probably... The one with Cool Compete. Oh, and then the one with Drew. Yeah, I think those would be a good five. Or Accent. Okay, make it six. There we go. That's my six.
0: Baba
3: News is cool. Compete, right? Yeah, Baba's cool. Compete. Okay, I
1: said that one already. Yeah. Okay. Then, then, yeah. Accent would be the fifth. Then. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm not going for six, bro.
1: (laughs) I mean, that's so you asked me for five. I'm trying to obey the question here, but I mean, it's a very consistently great album. There's no, there's no skips to to say the least.
0: Like you know, I'm really eager to see what people think. We, you know, we've sat with this for a while and um you know we're really excited to get it out there and um you know i guess if my shit has like made an impact on like other people I'm, I'm glad to like continue that with this and you know i really think this is one of the best solo efforts i've ever had before and um you know i hope Vina is also
1: yeah i i completely agree with that yeah so um, again yeah just thank you so much for all you do and uh yeah it's been a big inspiration on me Big reason, definitely partial reasons why I'm even doing this podcast because, I mean, part that's I loved hip hop was the first prerequisite for me to decide to contribute in any way I can. So,
0: but yeah, you have any questions like I really enjoyed this Um again. Sorry for being distracted I had like a long day and a lot of India work in the morning. But any questions, reach out, man. I really appreciate the free flowing nature of the conversation. And yeah, let us know.
1: Yeah, I mean if you guys are in Toronto, like you said before, I would love to be your tour guide anytime. Likewise for Chicago. Hit me up for that. Chicago's on the list for sure. Like, uh, the
0: Vino label isn't just South Asian people. So if you come across somebody you think like we should check out, let us know.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, with that, I'd like to say peace out and uh hope you enjoy the rest of your night. out Peace. peace. peace.
2: When the premises betray promises Who do you run to? Your feet are tied of running from hate And they put a gun to your head And so you pray for peace Become a piece of prey Cry it out How do you muster tears for today? Do I aspire to a hashtag of my memory? They're taking my humanity It's draining of my energy like dogs
1: with disease so there we have it another episode of the rap music plug podcast presented by QLC TV I hope this episode gave you some new perspectives and insights into what the greatest art form known to man in hip hop music has to offer if you want to support the show in the most meaningful way possible it would be my absolute honor to have you as a patron of in the new Rap Music Plug Podcast Patreon. Through this Patreon, you will be getting exclusive content such as bonus episodes, exclusive album recommendations, exclusive playlists, early access to episodes, and more. And above all, though, you will be able to support the show directly in a way that will not only justify the crazy amount of time I spend on this show already, but allow me to cover some of the expenses related to supporting all of these great artists that we cover on the show through the website and will allow us to sustain and build on this amazing growth that the RMPP has experienced recently. So if you have any questions about any of the Patreon stuff or just want to keep tabs on the show, interact with me on rap music and all the great stuff that we can talk about, follow me on twitter and instagram at rap music plug pod or shoot me an email at qlctv.podcast at gmail.com you can also rate and review the show on apple podcasts and subscribe on youtube and spotify as well but that's enough self-promotion for this episode i hope you enjoyed it peace